Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Welcome to episode 28 of Find Your Hum. I'm your host, Kirsty. You have me solo again this week. Now, I have some incredible guests lined up for you, but unfortunately, they have been pushed back a little as my personal situation has gone through a little upheaval recently. I mean, it's well on its way to being back on track, and once I have it sorted, I will most certainly share with you on here all of that, um, as I tend to do, but I'll also bring you all of those incredible interviews. So stay tuned for those ones. In the past couple of weeks, I have had many conversations with my clients regarding their reproductive health. And at some point during each of those conversations, I've had clients and actually even friends remark to me, wow, I didn't know that. Now, this is generally when I'm explaining to my clients or my friends what is actually happening in their bodies, sort of what their bodies are trying to communicate to them. Because as much as we can get frustrated with the particular things or symptoms that our body gives us, these are actually just ways that our body communicates. So I was thinking, if my clients aren't aware of what is happening in their bodies, then I can only assume that there are so many others out there that don't realize what is happening in their bodies either. Today, I wanted to go back to the basics of the female reproductive cycle. I'm going to take you through the basics of your cycle how the hormones interact, and what their main jobs are. I really do believe it is so important to understand. Our periods are honestly a cycle that should be cherished as they hold so much wisdom. For years, I spent dreading and literally hating the fact that I had to have a period. Little did I know that right from the beginning, my period was trying to let me know that something wasn't right in my body. Now, I have so much respect for my period, I actually love the fact that it is a way that I can connect with the wisdom that my body holds. I'm not even sure how I came to learn about my cycle. I mean, mum definitely gave me the period chat and helped me through (laughs) starting that, as all good mums do. School definitely did the, if you have sex, you will get pregnant chat. But in terms of actually understanding how my cycle works, I feel like I just really started to piece it together while I was on the quest of learning about what was happening in my body. And then the understanding was definitely deepened during my health science degree. So I'm going to take you back to the basics today. Here is your cycle explained. We are literally doing female reproduction 101. So how do you measure your cycle? I was surprised when I questioned a few females on this that they didn't actually know. So day one is the first day of your menses or your period. It's the day you start bleeding. The cycle lasts until you begin to bleed again. Now it's assumed on average this is 28 days because the pill works on a 28-day cycle. Everyone thinks this is the norm. However, a cycle can go from 26 to 32 days. If you fall outside of this as a regular occurrence, 
I would suggest seeking some assistance as there may be some hormone irregularities that are happening with your body. But cycle variation is perfectly normal. In fact, before the pill came into being, we used to follow the moon cycle for a period. The cycle of the moon is about 29.5 days, highlighting that a 28-day cycle on the dot is not necessary for a healthy period. Now, in that 28 to 30-day cycle, we then break it down into four different phases. We have the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, and the luteal phase. The menstrual phase is exactly what you think it would be. It's the time that menstruation occurs. It's when you have your period. This is the process of the endometrium or lining of the uterus shedding. Now, this should last about four to five days. The blood should be bright red with just maybe a little bit of clotting, but nothing like huge, just little clots. And actually not painful. This is one of the biggest misconceptions about your period that I would love to bust right here. Just because painful periods are common does not mean they are normal. And I'm not just talking about lower stomach pain. I mean everything from back pain to headaches to irritability. Your period should not cause you to want to curl up into a ball and die every month. If you experience painful periods, then head back a couple of episodes as there is heaps of great advice in a podcast that I did titled How to Have a Pain-Free Period. The follicular phase is up next. This is the phase where the follicles in the ovaries are stimulated to begin to develop. We have a dominant follicle that develops called a graphene follicle and this becomes the ovum or the egg. This process takes between 10 to 16 days. It also sees the endometrium or the lining of the uterus begin to rebuild and repair after you have shed it during your period. Now after that main follicle has developed we move on to the ovulatory phase. This is when that ovum or the egg is released from the ovary and begins to travel down the fallopian tube. This takes about 36 hours and it's when the chances of contraception are at their peak. The final 14 days are our luteal phase. Now where that egg was released from the ovary, a crater is formed. This is called the corpus luteum. Now don't worry too much about the name. The thing here you need to understand is that when this happens, cells mix together, changing hormone release. The corpus luteum can only survive two weeks, hence why this phase is generally the most stable at 14 days. The lining of the uterus begins to get nice and thick with an increasing blood supply. This is in preparation of the possibility that a fertilized egg is going to nestle in there. Blood equals nutrients. So if we do become pregnant, we need this rich source of blood to ensure that we are giving our developing baby all that it requires. However, when there is not a fertilized egg to nourish, the corpus luteum changes once again to change the hormones that are released and the lining of the uterus sheds. We have our period and we make way for new, fresh supply of blood. There's a few notable points I want to make here. I just want to reiterate that period pain, PMS, headaches, all of that are not normal in the lead up to your period. Yes, they are common, but that doesn't make them normal. Your period really should not want you having to want to curl up and hide. The menstrual phase of your period is variable, as too is the follicular phase, 
which means that you probably won't ovulate at the same time each month. The idea that day 14 is a day you ovulate is given as a rough estimate. You need to learn how to read your body so you know when this is occurring. The luteal phase should be 14 days. This is why knowing when you have ovulated is important. If you have a shorter luteal phase, it can be a sign that your hormones are not balanced and could be the reason you are experiencing those less than desirable symptoms before your period. A strong luteal phase is also needed for those who are trying to conceive. So what makes all this work? Let's have a look at the hormones that come into play. We have four main hormones that fluctuate during your cycle. Two you most likely know are estrogen and progesterone. These two generally work in opposition to each other. Estrogen is higher in the beginning of the cycle, whilst progesterone is higher in the second half of your cycle. The other two hormones are follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH, and luteinizing hormone, LH. Mouse actually have both of these hormones as well because they are instrumental in the development and release of the egg and sperm. For us females, these hormones are generally pretty stable throughout the month with a peak around the mid part of your cycle to help trigger ovulation. Now in the center of our brains, we have an area called the hypothalamus. One of its jobs is to regulate the hormones in our body. It does this by talking to the pituitary gland, which actually sits at the base of our brains. So the hypothalamus releases gonadotrophin-releasing hormone, which tells the pituitary gland to release its hormones, follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. Now, one of my faves, Dr. Libby, likes to refer to the pituitary gland as the mother gland, as it organizes and controls all the hormones. It's actually the follicle-stimulating hormone and the luteinizing hormone actions on the ovaries and that corpus luteum that contribute to the levels of estrogen and progesterone that we have in our body. So let's have a look deeper into each of these different hormones. So estrogen is known for its proliferative action. And it's this proliferative action that can sometimes give it a bad name, particularly when it comes to things like breast cancers, and other disorders like endometriosis. But we do need this proliferative action to develop and grow our ovarian eggs. Estrogen is secreted primarily from the ovaries, but in smaller amounts by fat cells, the liver, the adrenals, and that corpus luteum. It's the hormone that encourages the lining of our uterus to begin to regenerate and grow after we have our period. Its levels increase over that follicular phase to peak around the 12th to 14th day just before ovulation. It also has some other major roles in our body. The health of our vagina relies on a healthy level of estrogen as it regulates the acidity of our vagina, ensuring that no nasty bacteria can come in and cause us any trouble. It also stimulates mucus production, in this case particularly a cervical mucus, which again should increase as you get closer to ovulation to help assist with conception. This is also why as we begin to head into menopause and estrogen levels begin to decline, we can see a decline in our cervical mucus. When we are developing as preteens and teenagers, it is estrogen that helps develop our breasts. Outside of its reproductive jobs, it also helps build the proteins our bodies need, as well as strong bones, and it even plays a role in lowering a blood cholesterol. Again, this is why 
cholesterol and conditions like osteoporosis can become an issue as we head into perimenopause and menopause. It is also why we don't want to just think of these hormones as something we need to have to fall pregnant. Yes, that is a big part, but we need healthy hormone production for so much more. Progesterone is important for a successful pregnancy, but also for ensuring that our luteal phase is long enough, that is, that it's around that 14 days, and that our endometrium, the uterus lining, grows and develops during this stage. This should be our dominant hormone in the second part of our cycle. It is secreted by the corpus luteum and also our adrenal glands. Progesterone allows our blood vessels to dilate, which means they widen, which allows increasing blood flow to the area. As I said earlier, we need blood in our uterus to support conception if it occurs. We also want a healthy and easy blood flow to our uterus to help with the symptoms of cramping, blood clots, and to ensure that we don't have estrogen-dominant conditions such as endo and fibroids. So this is how estrogen and progesterone work together. Estrogen lays down the tissue in our uterus and progesterone stimulates the blood supply to the area. As I said earlier, progesterone is mainly secreted by that corpus luteum, which only lasts two weeks. So progesterone declines at this stage and this is what triggers our period. However, if conception occurred, that corpus luteum is maintained and progesterone continues to be excreted, ensuring that the pregnancy is supported. Progesterone's other functions include anti-anxiety, antidepressant, it allows your body to use fat as a source of energy, and it's also a diuretic, which is why if you don't have enough progesterone in that second half of your cycle, you may feel puffy and bloated. Now, follicle-stimulating hormone does just that. It begins the growth of the follicles in the ovaries, and it also stimulates ovaries to release estrogen. As estrogen rises, follicle-stimulate hormone decreases, and this triggers the pituitary gland to make luteinizing hormone. Luteinizing hormone has very similar functions to follicle-stimulating hormone, but it also has the important job of making ovulation happen and forming that corpus luteum, with its peak occurring just before ovulation. So communication between the ovaries and the pituitary gland is vital here. So that is basically the female cycle in a nutshell. I really do believe this is important to understand because from here, we can then investigate what is happening in your body and work out where the dysfunctions are happening and look to correct them. Too much or too little of any of these hormones or an imbalance in the ratio of these hormones can cause differing problems and symptoms throughout your cycle. This can be everything from heavy periods to long periods to long cycles to painful periods to feeling angry or weepy leading into your period. Even conditions such as endometriosis, polycystic ovary syndrome, ovarian cysts or fibroids. Having a healthy and balanced period affects more than just your reproduction. Looking after this amazing cycle can literally affect everything from how well you sleep, your energy levels, your mood, your bone health, your immunity and so much more. 
The best way to begin to listen to what your body is telling you is through tracking your cycle. Now, I've developed a tracker for this purpose. It's called Your Unique Cycle Tracker and can be used whether or not you have a regular period, if you have irregular periods, or even periods that may have gone missing, or you've gone through menopause and you don't experience a period anymore. Trust me, your hormones are just as important. As women, we have access to this wisdom and our bodies are constantly talking to us. It is honestly a beautiful conversation. So head to the link in the bio and download the tracker and start learning the language of your body. Honestly, it will be your superpower. Now, if you like this episode, please reach out and let me know. You can find all the ways to contact me in the show notes. And if you would like more on female reproduction, female hormones, hormonal disorders, please let me know. Honestly, I can talk about hormones and digestion all day long. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.